Welcome to Lumina, a podcast from Afters, the Australian film, television and radio school. I'm chatting to Russell Howcroft. Okay, so um, I'm a partner at PwC. I am the chief creative officer of PwC and I'm also... But you probably know him from this. Time to welcome our panel, Todd Sampson and from PwC, Russell Howcroft. Welcome. Yes, talking about advertising on telly made Russell Howcroft a household name. He's also the chairman of Afters and chief creative officer of PwC. Each role sees him spend a whole lot of time mulling over the future of creativity in Australia. Here he is speaking at the National Press Club in 2018. We need to expand our focus from STEM to STEAM. We need to elevate the arts to supercharge our children's learning across the whole curriculum. All kids should be engaging with their creativity alongside their maths and coding to feed and extend that vital part of the brains that will equip them for the future that's already upon us. We're discussing the value of creativity, actually, to be blunt, the dollar value of it. When I think about the economy, I suppose I say to myself, gosh, are we setting ourselves up for a really strong future? A a future which is going to rapidly and significantly change. We are entering into what people call the ideas economy, And we, as a nation, we've got awesome ideas. We need to be making sure that our our economy, just broadly speaking, understands that that's where growth is. So it's not just about service. It is genuinely around ideas and the creation of new things that we all need to, as a country, we need to get our economy focused on that. We need to do it, and we need to do that really quickly. Russell is convinced that the Australian economy could be benefiting a whole lot more from creativity than it is right now, and not just in the traditional creative industries, but in any industry. It's vital that you have a really strong and robust argument about why you believe creativity needs to be taken more seriously, bring it out of the sandpit and make it a part of everything that we do in Australia. I'm Fenella Kernebone and welcome to Season 2 of the podcast Lumina. In this second season of Lumina, we're looking at just that, the incredible possibilities that arise when we bring creative industries out of the sandpit. You heard Russell, we're not just talking about the importance of creativity in art or film or writing. What could happen if we took the problem-solving, idea-generating skills honed and encouraged in creative industries and put them to use in other ways? to tackle big social problems like the death toll on our roads, mental health or environmental problems like threats to biodiversity. Can we transform Australia's standing on the world stage as an economic and creative player in Asia, the US and beyond? Over five episodes, we're going to discover how practitioners can carve out a valued space for themselves in a changing economy that increasingly values creativity. In Australia, we start with a problem. How the world sees us is actually is very different to how we see ourselves. Russell says Australia is actually pretty behind in recognising the value of creative thinking. We just don't look at our own talent pool and see potential. We've got amazing ideas, incredible people, yeah, technology. We're pretty awesome at what we do. So that's how they look at us. And yet we don't look at ourselves in such a fashion. Um, it's odd, isn't it? We haven't really seen a boom in collaboration across sectors, one that this new economy is ripe for. But creativity is a driving force for innovation. 
it's the creative brain that can imagine stuff that doesn't exist yet, and industries need to open their eyes to that. We're living in what's called a creativity gap. The current creativity gap is, more than anything, I think it's cultural. And it's a gap whereby we need creativity and all that it can do socially, economically, and even politically. We need it to be very much at the top table around decision-making. So what I mean by that is that at the moment, creativity might be seen as something that happens in the sandpit and all the serious business happens around the spreadsheets and those two things, you know, they're never together. What we don't want to be doing is ring-fencing, there's the creative people over there and here's the rest of us. Creative people bring soft skills to the table. Things like problem-solving skills, vision, empathy, insight, curiosity, entrepreneurial thinking. Skills that form the basis of creativity. The issue is we're collectively held back by the pervasive belief that soft skills are of less value than hard skills. We know that the school system actually teaches creativity out of people. We know that 95% of five-year-olds display high levels of creativity. So, but by the time they've left school, very few actually have got high levels of creativity. We actually teach it out of people. So the first thing is we've got to recognise that everyone's got creativity in them and we've got to make sure that they don't lose it. So if we think about the future, if a lot of the jobs that we're maybe, let's say they were hard skill jobs, you know, maybe debit and credit ledger jobs, legal clerk jobs, these sort of hard things, they're going to be taken over more and more by machines. And it's the soft side of us. It's our, it's our creativity, it's our soft side, which obviously differentiates us from what machines are able to do. So again, we need to ensure that those things aren't lost. What we see a need for is this cultural shift that we've been discussing around getting creativity in all its forms, front and centre, in Australia, Australian culture. So how do you do that? First of all, you acknowledge that change is afoot. And I'm sure this isn't news to any of you, but technology is driving it. Traditional models of productivity are in decline. You know, recent predictions state that 40% of jobs are going to be disrupted, if not disappear, in the fourth industrial revolution. Dr Georgie McLean is acting CEO of the Australian Film, Television and Radio School. At Afters, they've developed a creativity manifesto outlining how the creative economy can be the powerhouse of Australia's economic future. You know, there's some pretty dire stats for where Australian productivity is going at the moment. I think PwC's 2040 report predicted we'd be dropping from one of the top sort of 13 economies down to 30th place, roughly swapping places with Bangladesh. And that's because our traditional forms of productivity have been about, you know, digging up the resources in the ground rather than thinking about our human resources as being the, the drivers of growth. And if we back ourselves, if we back our own ideas, we can really kind of address that gap, really think differently about how we can move forward rather than constantly having that kind of mendicant conversation about, you know, poor us, we're withering on the vine. Productivity underpins any flourishing economy. Doing stuff, making stuff, generating something that somebody else values. But in a future where more and more tasks can be completed by computers, artificial intelligence or robotics, creativity, the meaning of productivity and the role of human labour within the economy shifts. This places an importance on idea generation and creativity that just wasn't there before. 
essentially IP is generative, it creates new opportunities, it creates new work and it kind of creates new business opportunities. A good example of this is Peter Rabbit, created at Animal Logic Studios in Sydney. It was a massive film and it had a cast and crew of 1,700, most of them creatives from Australia, all employed to create what was a global hit and then again on its sequel. So it's a new form of productivity in which, you know, IP can be stretched in multiple different directions. We're used to creativity and art being framed as something that costs government money. But between 2009 and 2017, there was a 30% increase in the value of cultural and creative activity from $86 billion to $112 billion. That was 6.4% of Australia's gross domestic product for the 2016-2017 financial year. You know, in this country, a lot of the discussions about creativity and arts practice is an endless conversation about shortfalls in funding, you know, and it's it's really about this sort of perceptions that we're in a notion of deficit all the time around our arts practice. And, you know, what we've been trying to do is really develop a much more expansive view of what we could become and, and offer a vision for kind of in a decade, if we have this creativity pivot, if we back ourselves and if we start to think about a knowledge economy in new ways, we could be absolutely leading the world in, in the work we do in this space. The Creativity Manifesto presents a number of ideas that we will be exploring in more detail over the course of this series. From the increasing value of IP, to the power of creativity for social impact and the potential for soft diplomacy. Mainly, we're looking at how creatives can insert themselves into traditionally non-creative industries, where their skills can be employed in unexpected ways. This could be in problem solving, creative thinking, addressing social problems or environmental issues. The challenge is selling this idea to business. Here's Russell again. Well, business certainly understands that there is significant change afoot. And yet, there isn't a lot of evidence that business is doing much about it. 38% of the world's CEOs are recognising that change is ahead of us, dramatic change, and they're working on what plans they can put in place in order to meet those challenges. The sad thing is that the report says that zero Australian CEOs are actually planning that far ahead. So there is a significant mindset change required in order for us to set up for the future. So what steps can we take to, you know, nudge Australian industry to shift in the right direction? Well, we can start by changing cultural thinking around creativity in this country. Be a bit more like Baz Luhrmann. That's what Russell thinks. I say that we should all channel our inner Baz, is my view. There's a faux modesty to Australia, which... Um, I don't think it's doing any of us any good. And we then, of course, you know, um, that gets projected down to our children and then they then have a faux modesty. The opportunity for us to be a little louder and a little braver and recognising how the world sees us is a good thing and living up to it, then I think we'd all be better off. The data will tell you that at a corporate level we're not great at taking risk. Uh, it will tell you that we don't invest in long term as much as we perhaps should you know, there's lots of short-term taking that goes on. And I think we all, we all see that as an opportunity. I'm not sure how we make it happen, but, you know, talking about it's a pretty good start. 
Next, the spirit of collaboration. It's already an established part of creative industries in Australia. It needs to be adopted into the cultures of non-creative industries. And I'm not saying that it's all about being creative. What I am saying is it's all about the creative people and the, you know, the, the others just recognising that together they can co-create, get co-value, collaborate in order to just build better outcomes. So, yeah, for me, the deficit is something that I would call cultural. The good thing about Australian creatives is that we've always had to collaborate. We've always had to partner. We don't have, in the film industry, for example, we don't have the studio model where huge money rolls in and backs you. You have to build coalitions. You have to find ways of securing finance in, in through partnership and you have to work together. So, you know, even our auteur filmmakers, the big classics that have come through, they have to build relationships and that is something that Australians are really renowned for and it's something that absolutely is one of those big key skills of the future. This goes beyond building a business ecosystem where creatives can survive the changing times. It's not about that. It's about the untapped creative resource that will become the backbone of Australia's future economy. All sides have something to gain. Well, we need to go beyond our comfort zone. We need to work in unusual collaborations. We need to think differently about where our skills land and where our skills can be applied. And we need to come up with ideas that go beyond the traditional modes. And I think that is absolutely happening. And I think there's some really exciting examples of that. And, you know, always having clarity about purpose, always having clarity about impact and what it does for people, I think is really powerful. And I think when you have those things in mind, you can. there's no end to where you can take creative practice. It's really exciting. And I think for us, it's, it really is about going beyond the usual forms of, of practice, the usual suspects for collaborations, the usual kinds of partnerships, and, and really kind of thinking globally and thinking about a whole range of different applications for the work we do. In our next episode, we see an example of this in practice. What happens when a non-creative organisation realises the limitations of their skill set and rethinks how they've always done things? In fact, you should tune in to all our upcoming episodes. We have some incredible guests lined up for you, including Wendy Zuckerman from New York podcasting company Gimlet Media, Erica Soto-Lamb, the head of social impact at Comedy Central, Zare Nalbandian of award-winning digital studio Animal Logic, and filmmaker Christopher Nelius from UN-backed initiative The Lion's Share. There's so much more. Don't miss it. We should be excited about what Australia could become recognise we've been brilliant over a long period of time now in building a very, very prosperous country and look to do even better. You've been listening to Lumina, a podcast from Afters, Australia's national screen and broadcast school dedicated to finding, developing and supporting Australian storytelling talent. Lumina is produced for Afters by Audiocraft with Selena Shannon and Jess O'Callaghan with production help from Bernadette Newen. Our sound engineer is Tiffany Dimack and our executive producer is Kate Montague. I'm Fenella Kernerbone. And to hear more of these episodes, you know what to do. Subscribe in your favourite podcast app. You have been listening to Lumina, a podcast from Afters. Mm.